Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. Well, it's just kind of nice to see you this morning. I mean, just kind of take it in. Right? It's good to gather this morning and to proclaim uh, with Christians through the centuries and around the world that Christ has died Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. This is the proclamation of his people, and we join with them today as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, our Savior, our King, Jesus. And I'm grateful that you are here to celebrate with us. You are here on purpose. You are here on purpose today. Let me just pause and pray for us as we head into our message. Father, we celebrate you. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. We honor you. We honor you. And today we celebrate that you breathed the life back into the dead body of your son. And he rose victorious over sin and death. May you meet us here in this space today. Make us aware of your presence Make us aware of your life through the power of your spirit. Give us eyes to see through the power of your spirit. Give us ears to hear. And through the power of your spirit, soften our hard, stubborn hearts that we would be pliable in your care. We want to be good soil for the seed of your word. Do a work in us today that we might be changed with the resurrection power of your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen to this reading from Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? He said, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then... Then they remembered his words. Very early on that first day of the week, these women went to the tomb to do the traditional burial routine, the spices they brought with them. And as we read this story, we proclaim this good news that that through the ministry of Jesus, through his ministry, Jesus brought uh, victory over disease and demons. We see that all over the place. But now through his resurrection, he has overcome finally sin and death. And new life has begun. New life has begun. I find myself, as I'm reflecting on this story, I'm, I'm drawn to the question. Did you catch the question in there that the angels asked the women. Here they were doing everything they knew to do, coming to the grave early in the morning. And he asks them this question. Did you hear it? 
Why are you looking for the living among the dead? A a lot can happen with a well-placed question. A a, a well-placed question minds something from the human soul. It, It does work in itself. It's not just something that's held out and the answer does the work. It's It's a question that does something. I love how these angels ask the question, why are you looking for the living among the dead? That's the question that I want to hold out for us today. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? It's the question that I ask of you. It's the question that I ask of myself. Why do we insist on looking for life for the living among death. This is what we do, right? The the human soul has these desires for life, these these things that are deep-seated. It's not just, oh, I desire a good lunch or I desire a a hug. There's a deep desire that grows roots in our soul. It's part of who we are as humans and these desires drive us. And so often what we do is we take these desires for life, for thriving, for real living, and we take them to places of death. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Part of our deepest desire is to overcome death, to live, is it not? I mean, we're confronted by death All around us, we're confronted by death as we read the news stories that circulate through our social media feeds and news channels. We're confronted by death when this one that we love is no longer with us. It's all around us. And there's something in the human soul that longs for more than what death can offer. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Just recently, I read some articles There are actually people who are putting money and research into immortality. Futurist Ray Kurzweil is projecting, he's made lots of great uh, predictions, he's projecting that in the next eight to ten years, humanity will be able to escape death. Now how might one do this? Well, technology right? He, he's suggesting that we might be able to cryogenically freeze the brain and preserve it. He's suggesting that AI would allow us to download our minds into robots or into technology and allow it to live on. He's even suggesting that some of us might be able to attend our own funerals, right? That seems a little bit far-fetched, doesn't it? There are billionaires Jeff Bezos, Sam Altman, the guy, the guy who created ChatGPT, Jeff Bezos, uh, Peter Thiel. These are, are billionaires who are putting billions of dollars into drugs that will reverse aging, that will undo the effects of aging in the hopes of untangling the cords of death from humanity. There's something in the human spirit that longs for more than death, that longs for life, that longs for immortality. This is just the latest version of what humanity has been searching for since the very beginning. And always in the ways that we have searched for life, it's not worked. As a matter of fact, it tends to produce more death. 
why do you look for the living among the dead? We go back to the very beginning. Adam and Eve in the garden. They were given this incredible abundance by God. Eat, flourish, walk with me was the invitation of Eden. And yet, they decided they wanted to cheat death themselves. They wanted to know apart from God. And so they took what seemed good to them. And they ate. Why do you look for the living among the dead? See, humans striving for life, humans striving for wisdom, humans striving for thriving apart from God has always yielded one thing, death. And so we strive, we control, we beat, we kill in order to get that which we most deeply long for. Why do you look for the living among the dead? See, this question points us to something. This question draws us into something other than what we're used to grappling with. So what is this question doing for us? Well, one of the things that it's doing right here is it's pointing to to this reality, to to the reality of 2,000 years ago. There in that moment, it's recorded for us this reality that Jesus is alive, that this, this one who they saw die. Now, sometimes we might think that we're in this day and age a little bit more sophisticated than they were back then, and we have these hypotheses, and skeptics will have these hypotheses that, that maybe he wasn't really dead. Friends, Even 2,000 years ago, they knew what death looked like, right? This isn't something that we have recently discovered for ourselves. They knew what death looked like, and they saw him die. And everything that they expected about death was so far checking all the boxes. He's dead. He's down from the cross. He's in a tomb. That's what we do. It's been sealed. It's been preserved, Everything was as they expected until early in the morning on that first day. They knew what to do with death, but they were stunned by life. And so this question is drawing them into this stunning reality. Why do you look for the living among the dead? It wasn't just a generic question. You're looking for Jesus among the dead, but he is alive. He is not dead. As a matter of fact, he told you this is what would happen. Do you remember? He asks them, why are you looking for Jesus in a tomb? He's alive. He's not here. Now notice what's happening here. This isn't about a vision. Again, sometimes we might, in our skeptical mind, say, well, it was just a vision. Well, if we have um, a body in the tomb, uh, but an appearance, that's a vision. If we have uh, no body in the tomb, but no appearance, then we've got grave robbers, And so even how Luke records this for us, it demands that we lean forward and pay attention. It doesn't allow us, no matter how great our skepticism, it doesn't allow us to say, well, somebody just stole the body. Well, he has appeared to the women here, to the apostles, and to many others after this. His appearances don't allow us to stay there. Well, It was probably just a vision. Like in their grief, they were overcome with grief and they probably just had a vision. 
Nobody. Like looking in the tomb, nobody, right? If there's nobody but an appearance, grave robber. If there's a body but no appearance, ah, visions, right? So we see these things and both of them come together to lead us to resurrection. See, when, when they were recording resurrection, they weren't talking about maybe he wasn't dead, and came back to life. He, he awakened. He, he came to. He was in a coma, per se, and now he's come out. Nope. Nope. That's not what the word here for resurrection means. It, it means, and it only means, death and then life. And so this is what the question is drawing out. He says, listen, listen, listen. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And in Jesus, we are seeing he has overcome. We saw him overcome the demonic. We saw him overcome disease through healing. But here and now, over these past several days, through his death, through his resurrection, he has now overcome sin and death because he is alive. The resurrection of Jesus is central to Christian faith. There are plenty of things in scripture that we can, we can wrestle with and we might even see things a little bit differently in, in different traditions. We might interpret some things a little bit differently in scripture. But the resurrection is bedrock. The resurrection is core, is central to Christian faith. There is no Christian faith without belief in the resurrection. And as fanciful as that might mean to us, that question invites the grappling. What happened 2,000 years ago? The resurrection happened. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Now, we might see this as Jesus and think that it's really good news for Jesus. Right? He went through horrible things. They saw it. We, we've, we've caught glimpses of what he went through. He went through horrible things. And so this seems like really good news for Jesus. He's alive. He's not dead anymore. That's good for him. But it is also good news for us. Today, this is good news for us. For this question is pointing to something cosmic in its scope and personal in its reality. God's new thing has begun. From the very beginning, from the first corruption of sin into God's good creation, God has promised that he would send his appointed one to suffer and die for the forgiveness of sins and the beginning of new creation. That God had created, man had corrupted, and God was in the process of recreating. And so when we see life from death, we see and have the assurance that God's new thing has begun. His is the first of what will be many who will taste the resurrection. This is the story of scripture from beginning to end. God is at work recreating and it will culminate in new heaven, new earth and resurrected bodies for his people. The resurrection of Jesus shows us that the new thing has begun. 
The old is passing away. The new is coming into being. And while it is not yet fulfilled, it has begun. Death crash, or life crashes into death, shouting newness, life, eternal life. Jesus was given in his resurrected body, a body that would never perish again. And while it bore his scars, it would never see death again. He has overcome sin and death. And he has done so for you and me. And you and I are welcomed into this new life. Through the forgiveness of sins, you and I are welcomed into this new life. And as we sit here, we have bodies that are corruptible, bodies that move towards decay and ultimately death. But in Christ's resurrection, we see this new thing has begun and we carry in us by faith the hope that we too will taste life eternal. That death will not get the last word. That death will not overcome us, but by faith and through the power of the resurrection alive in us, we will overcome death as well. And so we see what happened these many years ago. We proclaim its goodness in our midst today. We reorient ourselves around this truth. Christ has died. Christ has risen and Christ is coming again. And upon his return, death will be vanquished for eternity. And we will be a part of this growing new thing that God is doing that we might know life now and life forever. And so we hold this out. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? We all do it. This yearning that we have within us to live, to thrive, to flourish. We look and allow our desires to lead us to the tree that is separate from God to see that it appears good and to take and to eat. And so we scramble in our work and we, we overwork. We allow our work to identify us, to save us. We allow our money, our wealth to identify us, to save us. We allow our frugality to be our identity, to be our salvation. Why do you look for the living among the dead? We put ourselves out there that others might like us with a heart or a thumbs up to affirm what we say, to affirm what we wear, to affirm who we are. Why do you look for the living among the dead? We stand and shake our fists at modern convention and say, I will stand alone and I will identify myself. Why do you look for the living among the dead? We look for satisfaction in drugs and alcohol and pornography and sensuality. Why do you look for the living among the dead? This is the question that is held out for us in this day. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? We chase after immortality. We chase after the living, but all it produces is death. 
all of our chasing, all of our striving, all of our control, all of our manipulation, all of our goodness, that which appears good to us, only strangles and entangles, it entices and it kills. Why do you look for the living among the dead? There is only one source of life. It is Jesus. There is only one source of thriving, flourishing, abundant life. His name is Jesus. And we think about how the resurrection of Jesus changes things. I actually want to read a portion of this. A guy named Tim Mackey writes, fear of death, right? This longing that we have for life. Fear of death is yet another snaky lie that tricks us into hoarding resources instead of living generously. Fear of death deceives us into fighting with our neighbors and making swords for killing enemies. We are all living outside the garden And the fear-filled instinct to protect ourselves at any cost is woven into our DNA. It's inescapable. At least it is unless a true human could show us that death is temporary and not ultimate. Another reason Jesus dies is to show exactly that. And if we're paying attention to him, his way of love will slowly but surely drive out all fear of death. And as the fear of death is pulled from the roots of our souls, we can start forgiving and loving instead of hating and judging. We start to bless and not curse We start to hammer our violent swords into fruitful garden tools. Isaiah calls it plowshares. Jesus shows us that death is brutally tragic. It is horrific, but it is not the end. Our lives strengthen and illuminate when we spend them freely learning his ongoing, loving, garden-style way of living together with others. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And my friends, when that reality begins to infiltrate our souls, not just as a token thing we hang around our neck once in a while or go to, go to a church once in a while, but when it becomes something woven into our lives by faith, the fear of death dissipates and our clinging, our longing and our striving ceases. And our living begins. And it is a living that death itself cannot steal. It is a taste. It is a taste of the life that is to come. And that taste begins today. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Let us set aside the strivings of death and hold by faith firmly to the one who has risen for in him and him alone is life. 
I'm going to pray for us. And um, like, don't, don't let me just pray for us, but use my words if they're helpful to pray your own prayers today. All right, let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we acknowledge that we have been striving for life, but doing so in ways that only produce death and contribute to death. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for chasing after the living among the dead. And draw us into your life that we might know your life now and forever. We want to be a part of this new thing that you're doing, this new life that we see birthed through the resurrection. Let it be so for us today, we pray. And we do so in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. And this is why we worship and celebrate. Let's stand and worship him together today.
Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. How I long to breathe the air of heaven Where pain is gone and mercy fills the street I look upon the water bled to save me And walk with him for all eternity For him, there will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose again. Holy, holy is the Lord. And every prayer we pray. Songs of faith we sing through doubt and fear. In the end, we see that it was worth it. But he returns to wipe away our tears. And there will be a day when all will bow before
So are you free? Are you free indeed? For the children of God are free indeed, freed from the fear of death because death has been overcome. Imagine that freedom as you go about your day. Today, tomorrow, after that, as you walk through the halls of your school, as you walk through your neighborhood, as you go about your work, to know that fear has no hold on you. You can be confident of that. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And that life that you long for, the life that you strive for, the life that you are yearning for is found in him. Stop looking for the living among the dead. Turn from our dying ways of grasping what seems good to us and cling to him by faith and know his life, life now and life forever. There is no other source of life. There is no other way for us to be free but in Christ and him alone. And you can have confidence in that. As Jesus proclaimed the goodness of his kingdom and the nearness of his kingdom, he said, in light of this good news, repent and believe. And those who would repent, who would give up striving for death and trusting him for life, to those who would repent and believe, who would live as if death is not the worst thing for us to experience, to live in that freedom of his love. To those who would repent and believe, he calls children of God. And those who are his children can claim his inheritance of life. For the new thing has begun. The new thing has begun. And it is spreading. And do you know how it spreads? Through you. Scripture says, beautiful are the feet of the one who brings good news. The herald who runs into the city claiming Jesus is king, Jesus is king, and death has been overcome. These are the heralds of good news. And we who are bearers of this good news are heralds of this good news as well. I want to invite you back beginning next week. We're going to join together and we're going to study the New Testament book of Acts together. And we're going to see how this beautiful good news of Jesus spreads. For beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. May your feet be beautiful as you go, and may you live in the power of the resurrection. If you wanna pray with somebody today for new life, we've got a prayer team who's gonna be right up here. You just come on up and talk to us and say, I want this new life. I wanna stop searching for the living among the dead, and we'd be happy to pray with you that you might know new life that can never be stolen from you. And as you walk through these doors, May you go with his abundant grace, his power, and his mercy, and overwhelmed by his love. Go with God. Take care. Take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.